Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode 44. Let's roll. And uh, we are staring down the dead zone of the of the offseason, even in Dynasty right now. I mean, there's just so little going on. It's been months since you did your rookie draft. There's some trades and whatnot. There's the OTAs. There's all the all the nonsense, uh, you know, from camp that, you know, this or that, that, that player looks good. And, and really, I would say the only thing that's a really, uh, the thing that you can take advantage of at this, at this time is that noise. You know, if someone is looking to fade, uh, you know, some, you know, established player, because, you know, news story X says that, you know, the guy behind him is doing really good, take advantage of that. And, um, you know, sell the guy that that's getting a little buzz or buy the guy that that uh, that the buzz guy is fading a bit. So you know that that that's that's a tale as old as time. I mean, you're always looking to do that. Definitely uh, pay attention to the news only insofar as you can take advantage of it. But do not do not follow these little blurbs because they're gonna they're gonna send you. It's like a cat looking at a laser pointer. That's what it is. Don't do it. Just don't pay attention. But someone to pay attention to is definitely my guest today. Um, you know. The Undroppables is is in a great spot. We're going to probably chit chat just a, a bit about that, but um, you know we're in a great spot because of my guest today. And you guys have heard him a bunch of times. We did a we've done a couple of pods together, and honestly, the feedback every single time that he and I chop it up is is so strong, and everybody seems to really like his point of view, and I do too. He's uh, he's my brother in arms. He's my partner here at the Undroppables, Nicholas U at one hundred and one Chalk Chalk. Talk to me. What's up, brother? Yeah. Glad to be back, man. Hanging out, me and you, one on one, man. Yeah, one on one, chalk, baby, one on one. Yeah, man. Couldn't think of a better way to spend my Thursday night <laughs> other than hanging out with you and talking some football. And yeah, I mean, this is get to it. Let's do it, baby. Um, before you know, actually, a couple things, man. It's been a busy, busy news day. Like unbelievable. I mean, it's it's July Fourth weekend. One of my favorite weekends. I mean, celebrating America, you know, uh, summer's kicking off, beach days and fireworks and American flag, you know, tank tops and shit like that. It's just, it's a complete, uh, you know, uh, uh, train wreck out there. It's just going to be parades and and booze and all sorts of fun stuff this weekend. Uh, drive safe. Uh, but it's just a ton of fun. And then the shithead Bill Cosby gets released from prison for some fucking stupid technicality reason you know so now we've got this asshole rapist you know running free after just spending two years in in prison because of some you know verbal prom it doesn't even make any sense you know when they say justice is blind this isn't what they meant you know what i'm saying brother yeah man really disappointed to kind of see that happen right as an attorney myself i don't i don't practice criminal law but just to read that you know that blurb and then kind of reading reading the news about how he spent what three years in jail in prison, yeah, um, not even, yep. And then and then he gets out, yeah, like you said, on some legal technicality. Um, yeah. it's disappointing. I think I think it's a bad look for the legal system. Uh, it's a definitely a step back from victims' rights and the you know the Me Too movement, and they made a lot of progress. And you know, God bless all the all the women who came forward. Um, yes, but what a step backwards, man. I mean especially in a world like this um, that's so screwed up these days and to see something like this happen, you know, just, just a complete bummer. 
Yeah, absolutely. Imagine having a loved one who had gone through what this shitbag put these women through and then came forward bravely to confront his stupid ass only to see today happen. You know, it's just got to be an absolute gut punch, um, you know, and yeah, I, I, it just it really bummed me out because I, it kind of, you know, I'm not paying too much attention. To that it just came across like my blurb or timeline. I was like, I thought it was a joke. I was like, yeah, I thought he died or something when I saw Bill. Cow. I was like, well, you know, and I couldn't even believe it. And then, you know, so that happens. Then we find out Bismarck, he, he goes down and, you know, we think he's dead now. He's not dead. But, you know, they're saying significant brain damage. I don't know what for. I didn't read too much, but just another complete bummer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, we recently lost DMX, right, in the music mm-hmm. world. And, um, you know, I mean, we all, I mean, especially me and you, right? I mean, we grew up with, you know, Biz Marquee when we were younger. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, DMX, you know, when we were a little bit older, probably in our young teens. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm glad to hear at least that he hasn't passed away yet. But, you know, it's probably not looking too great regardless, right? So, I mean, you know, yeah. prayers out to him and his loved ones. And hopefully, you know, he can kind of, you know, recover, uh, you know, and, and keep going, but you never want to hear anything like that, you know, it's just, no, it's, just sucks it, getting old. Yeah. You don't even know what to pray for. Like, you know, it's one of those situations. Do I want him, you know, to, to, to go peacefully or do you want him to live through it? And maybe that's a hell, you know, worse than we even know about. So I, I, I don't know, man, I just, you know, prayers up for their family. I, I don't, I couldn't imagine dealing with something like that. So, and, and then you had the news, you know, Carl Nassib, which I thought was pretty cool. You know, um, I thought he did an outstanding job with his little Instagram uh, video post where he just kind of set it straight, came out, said it and, you know, and supported, um, I forget the name of the foundation that helps, you know, youth sort of, and I was just like, this is great, you know? And I think the coolest thing was it didn't even, you know, move the needle too much in terms of like people like, yeah, whatever, you know, and that, that's good. Meaning that, you know, people aren't like, you know, freaked out by, you know, a gay athlete, they were just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Of course there's gay athletes. You know what I mean? And I I thought that was kind of a step in the right direction. And, you know, I'd I'd obviously love to see a world where, you know, everybody can be whoever they are and feel free to be that. Um, so that, that, that's at least some good news there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, the fact that, you know, seeing him, you know, obviously come out and, and tell his kind of story and who he is. And that was great. Um, and I also had the same kind of sentiment where, you know, it was, you know, people talked about it for like a half day or so. But it was, you know, it's one of those things like I'm glad it wasn't bigger news than it should have been because, yeah, you're just a human being, man. It's, it's you know, whatever you want to do and whatever, how you want to live, that's, you know, it's all good, man. And, and we shouldn't. You know, if I came out and said I'm straight or I'm gay or whatever, it, right. it doesn't matter. I mean, right. I'm a human being and it's just, you know, it's like, it's like you're wearing pants today. It's like, yeah, of course, like, <laughs> duh. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I mean. I am uh, I am technically yeah. not wearing pants right now. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you don't want me to stand up. Um, but, yeah, exactly. And then, and then of course, in, in total, you know, American Twitter fashion, I went to like go look up Carl Nassib, like, cause I haven't paid attention to it in a little while. I was like happy for him and it's great. I saw it when it came out, cheered it on, and I moved on. And then before the pod said, I was like gonna look it up and I I put in Carl Nassib, and then the next word that comes up was Trump. And I was like, 
what the fuck did <laughs> did Trump say something? Else? And then it just turns out there's like gigantic Twitter wars from the left and the right, you know, because apparently Nassib's like this Trump voter Republican and people can't handle themselves on either fucking side because they're all idiots. And, you know, the left is like disowning them and the right is like, see, you know, and like, it's just the fuck. It's just typical, like literally even good news like that. You know, they're going to find a way to fight about it. Just morons out there. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> right. It's the world we live in. Right. You can't, Absolutely. You can't even so have good. good news. Exactly. Can't yeah. good news. You can't have bad news without people. Yeah. I was like looking it up like, oh, let me see if there's like a good little feel good story or something I can, you know, I can reference about this. I was like, nope, it's fucked it. The world is just fucked. Just just go back to whatever you're doing. Speaking of going back to whatever we're doing, people definitely did not tune in today to hear me talk about Carl Nassib. I can almost guarantee that. Uh, we're going to have some fun today. We're going to have um, the old uh, the old draft. I think this is going to be fun as hell. Um, I was thinking about it. You know, um, I I'd caught the Bill Simmons pod where him and Ryan Russillo drafted the, the best tandems in the NBA. And I was like, that's pretty interesting. And then I, th- I got to thinking, like, what are the best tandems in the NFL? And, you know, I thought about running back, you know, receivers or triplets like they had back in the day. And then I just thought, what if you were a quarterback and you were looking at whichever team had the, like the two best passing game options and who would they be? You know, and I, and I started to think and I started to come up with a little bit of a list and I started to go down and I got to like Kamara and Thomas and like CMC. And I was like, wait, wait, wait not running backs. So take the running backs out, even though they're passing game options. I get it. We're just limited to tight ends and wide receivers, right? So, you know, there's only a few tight ends we're going to mention anyway, probably like four or five at most, maybe six. So, but tight ends and wide receivers, the two best passing options receivers on on a single NFL team, you and I are either a GM or a quarterback and we're picking the very best, not in dynasty, not in their career, like this year, right now, going forward, like game one, week one, who would you want to tie your boat to? And, uh, you know, and, and, and of course I'll give you the first pick, but, uh, the, any questions about how we're, how we're doing this baby? No, pretty straightforward to me, man. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and of course, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have our own like sort of takes and everything off of it, but I thought that'd be fun as hell. And, and, uh, and I'll let you, I'll let you take it off, uh, with the 1.01, who are the, who is the best passing game receiving duo in, in the NFL? You know, what? it's funny. I already know what you're going to go, you would go with for the number yeah. one. Um, but I'm going to go a little bit different. Um, and we're talking about right now today, right now today, in, in the, in 2021, yes, I want I want AB or AJB AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Yes, um, you know I, we talked about this the last time I was on the pod with you. Uh, we played the Julio drinking game. Yeah, and it was before the trade. Um, but we talked about how Julio still got some juice left in him, you know, and and to see the two true alpha dogs together, um, and I'm going to assume that Julio is going to be healthy this year. Um, you know, I want, I want AJ Brown and, and Julio Jones. Well, that, that they were my number two. So it's certainly not like you were going too far down my board and, you know, it's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, AJ Brown is an absolute beast. He does more than just 
kick the shit out of people after he catches the football, which he does that. Uh, I think we're, I think it was what was that game? I think it was against uh, Baltimore in in the playoffs or right before the playoffs. I can't remember now. It was that little short pass. It was like third and goal from the ten. He caught it like the eight and was tackled for sure. And then just like literally, it was like like Tecmo Bowl. They just started fucking bouncing off him. And he just ran into the end zone. I was like, I don't even know how that's possible. So dude's an absolute beast. Julio is one of the top five. Maybe you could put him a little bit further down the list in that top five wide receivers of all time. He's still in the late part of his prime and uh, he, he was, he he's outstanding. So I can't, I can't fault you there at all. Uh, my 1.01 and certainly who I'm glad to take uh, with the second pick is going to be uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And uh, I just think they create so much mismatch all over the field. Obviously Tyreek, you know, is the, is just especially with Patrick Mahomes, of course. I mean, obviously we're not factoring that in, but you know, just the the way he changes the geometry of the field is is incredible. His speed and his ball tracking and his downfield ability um, is is unbelievable. He can catch the ball short and and go too. We've seen that, um, you know. So he can kind of do it all. And and obviously Travis Kelsey is the is the skeleton key. I mean, that dude is. I mean, he's always open. He's able to run those little shovel passes. Um, you know, the, 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 the screens, uh, you know, anything he, he can rip the seam. He can do kind of whatever he, he's a killer on the option routes in the middle of the field, just finds a way to get open. Um, so certainly Kelsey and Hill are my, uh, pick too. Yeah, no, that's a great pick. Um, I, I saw you telegraph that earlier today on Twitter. Um, <laughs> no disagreement there. Um, you know, I, I, I thought about them. At, at the 101 myself um but i you know i just i'm such a big fan of aj brown and and a big fan of julio so went there but definitely don't fault you uh like you said tyreek's ball tracking skills and for being a smaller guy um man he, he plays big you know he does play big um uh, for a real small receiver and like you said kelsey is <laughs> just a beast man always open yes and uh yeah and i you know Kelsey is like this, still this skeleton key in, in, um, in redraft and, you know, best ball and, and DFS. I mean, he's just going to be all over the place, right? He's a huge monster this year. Is there anything, any part of you in dynasty that's kind of thinking about, cause I mean, if obviously if you're contending, there's just zero chance you can get rid of him. Like, I mean, the, the wheels have to fall off at some point, but I don't see that coming this year at all. Do you? No, I, I don't, I don't see it. Right. I mean, barring some some wacky injury or something. No, I mean, you know, he's so good. He's in such a good, good offense. They know how to utilize him and he creates the mismatches, shows no sign of slowing down yet. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, I think about someone like um, a Tony Gonzalez, you know, um, just aged so well uh, in the game. And I mean, Kelsey is, you know, just as good. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he's better necessarily. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I could see his game continuing to age, age nicely. Yeah. He's been so good. Who, who you got at number three? This is actually pretty interesting. Cause I've got a little group of guys there and it's like, man, you know, I think I know which way I'd go. I think I know which way you're going to go, but anyway, I'm, I'm not going to give it away. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing, right? I know you so well, you know me so well. <laughs> uh, I know who I, I, I'm pretty sure I know who you want here. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to just pick them just to snipe you. Uh, um, 
I'm going to go with my guys, my homer pick here. I knew it. Um, and I'm going to go with Evans and Godwin. Um, you know, obviously as a, as a, as a Bucks fan, uh, I'm a big fan of these guys. And, you know, Godwin, I know people are, like you said, people are down on him for, down on him for some reason. Uh, he was, he had some injuries last year and, you know, obviously kind of held him down. But I mean, both of these guys in 2019 were what, like, I don't know exactly what they were, but like WR one and two or something uh, just, you know, not too long ago. And, you know, both, both really good. Okay. So I'm looking it up now. Yeah. Godwin was WR two and Evans was like WR 15 and 2019. And last year I took a little step back, you know, with Brady, but both elite talents at the position. Um, Mike Evans, you know, just consistently put up thousand yard seasons every year. Just so underrated in that regards. And, you know, Godwin, young, um, but still one of the young, top young receivers in the game. Uh, so fun to watch, you know, makes incredible catches. So I'm going to go with my boys. I, don't, I, I knew you would, and you should, because that's who I had at number three as well. And I think actually they're kind of comfortably at number three for me. Um, you know, then I have kind of a few here, and I'm not sure. I feel like if I take one, you'll take the other. I'm not sure who I'm going to take. I'm going to see if I can – play some game theory and take a, take who I think you, well, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Take someone and then you, I think you won't take my guy next. So, but, um, but yeah, with, with uh, what was interesting was we were going to have, um, <laughs> have Ryan on tonight, rhinos, but he had some, uh, you know, he had a flip phone and he couldn't get it linked up to his satellite communications network and whatever. Uh, I'm joking, but he, he couldn't get on the fucking podcast for some reason. But anyway, he had on Twitter had said, you know, uh, Evans and AB instead of Godwin. And I was like, that's interesting. Did you consider, I mean, cause Antonio Brown's obviously dope, but I don't know if he's still dope. Um, did you consider him or no? Uh, it crossed my mind. Um, you know, and, and last year it, it was good to see him bounce back. And, um, I think I was looking at a reception perception from Matt Harmon uh, on AB and he actually you know, was he put up pretty good, you know, percentages and, and you know, success against, you know, man and, and zone. Uh, he still he still got it in him, but obviously he's aging. And, you know, I think the time away, you know, kind of have to discount that on him. So it crossed my mind. But, you know, I, I got to stick with I got to stick with Godwin. Yeah. And it, <clears throat> A.B. is lurking in, you know, Scott Fishbowl. Best ball dynasty. He is lurking. He might have a big year. Like it's in his range of outcomes. I also know that literally, you know, somehow not even catching a single pass is in his range of outcomes because he's a knucklehead. But like if, if for whatever reason he is connected and dialed in and still in shape, like you have to remember he was the apex predator in the league for four or five, four years probably. So he absolutely could show himself again. And, and uh, I think he's a he's a pretty interesting buy low right now. Um, you know, it, again, it could be a complete uh, crap out in terms of investment. Like you could just get zero return on that. But um, I think it's worth whatever the price is at this particular point um, in almost all formats to to give him an opportunity and see if he if he hits his ceiling. Oh yeah, absolutely. And redraft fishbowl. Um... AB is going to be a tremendous value. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, he might not pan out, but I mean, that's kind of baked into the cost right now. Correct. Um, yeah, I'm just looking it up now. And 
last year, AB per Matt Harmon, 88th percentile against man coverage, 82, 82nd percentile against zone. I mean, he's still balling, yeah. you know, and I, and I saw another stat uh, on Twitter a while back. I don't remember exactly what it was, but in the games that AB played when he came back, I mean, in terms of like target share and opportunity, he was right there with, with, with Godwin and Evans. Hmm. And, you know, Brady likes him. He loves I mean, him. <laughs> they have that chemistry and um, they have that friendship and, and Brady's looking out for his boy and trying to get him the ball. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be a value. I mean, I'm going to definitely target him, um, you know, down the draft. I mean, and I think that's what it is, right? If, if we're playing this game, you know, I'm, going, I'm going with Evans and Godwin. If I'm yeah. playing the redraft game, I, I might even just pass Edmonds and Godwin and, and just try to get AB later, right? It's, yes. you know, hoping to get close to that type of production. It's not going to, I don't think it's going to be the same production level, but you get a good amount of production and at a, at a discount, sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I'm just, I'm filibustering because I don't know who to take here. It's like, I really can't pass on my boy, so I won't. I will take CD Lamb and Amari Cooper. Uh, just because I can't pass on them. That leaves you, I think, an easy pick, in my opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see if you if you agree with my next pick. Because I almost took my number five over them, thinking that you might not take Amari and CD. I'm not sure if you would have or not. But um, uh, Amari and CD, I mean, I'm a little bit nervous about Amari right now just because of the injury stuff. I mean, we're still a ways out. So he's, he could have plenty of time to be 100%. Um, but as of right now, I'm not looking to – you know, draft Amari in the top, you know, 12. I've actually, I, you know, it's funny because <clears throat> I've been the biggest Amari Cooper fan the whole this whole time, like since he was drafted the whole way through, through the down year in, in, uh, in Oakland at the time. I, I was, you know, all in. And he's rewarded me. And what's interesting is I traded him away in a couple of spots this offseason. Um, and I, I didn't feel all that bad doing so. I thought – it was a good time to do so. I thought it's kind of a changing of the guard situation. Uh, this year, he should be good. Again, the, the injury is a little bit scary, but you know, I, I'm willing to take a little bit of a step back from Amari this year, and who knows, maybe I'll regret that. Yeah, uh, I, I knew you were going to take your boy, C.D. Lamb. Uh, I like him quite a bit as well. Um, I think you have um, maybe WR2, maybe it might be even your WR1 in Dynasty. Yeah, um, we've, we've both had him there in the top three yeah. there. Yeah, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I love Lamb. I, I I guess my only thing is, and, and I liked Amari Cooper for quite some time myself, but he's just so, so unpredictable. Um, yeah. He's inconsistent. I mean, when he gives you those booms, I mean, in best ball, I love, I love Amari, right? Because he's going to win you some weeks. Um, I remember, you know, a couple of years back in the fantasy playoffs, Amari and I was I was I was like in one of those like semifinal matches and I was blowing out the guy I was like texting my buddies and like laughing like yeah I'm gonna take him to the finals and it's over and then Amari goes off for like I don't know oh, like, shit. <laughs> like he just went <laughs> he just went nuclear and I mean I end up losing that that matchup I was I was so tilted um, but that's what Amari could do he could basically take you out uh, either way um, and I was just and actually heard this recently and i was just looking it up while you're talking just to confirm but amari's only had one wr1 season for i mean i think his entire career i mean he's he's like been right on the cusp yeah right like you know like you know high end wr2 but 
people are drafting him as a WR one, and he doesn't really meet that that threshold. So yeah, he's never had a spike touchdown season, right? I think he's been like seven or eight has been his peak, and he's been there. You know, like that's it. Like he's never had a ten, you know, touchdown season. Never really had like a two. I mean, it's always been like you know five to eight touchdowns, uh, except for the one down year in in Oakland there, where everybody thought the world was ending for him. But you know, other than that year, he's like. 1100 1200 yards 75 catches seven touchdowns and it's like every single year and and he probably could have had a spike year but injuries have gotten the best of him he's had a couple of spots where he's 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 disappeared and you know he's been hurt and kind of a decoy i remember that philly game that really i I don't remember what week that was but it absolutely killed me because you know i needed him and he just was you know on one leg and it's you know so he's had a few of those situations that have sort of you know, stopped him. And last year, Dak getting hurt, you know, um, so he's had a few spots where it just hasn't gone his way. And certainly the Dak injury really ruined, you know, Ezekiel and everybody, you know, it just, it ruined Dallas last year, obviously. But, um, you know, I, I'm wheels up for CD. I think in this, in this situation, I, I, I probably was a little bit too high on CD and Amari here in this situation, to be honest, just because they're so, well, CD's so young. So it's probably a little bit of, it's probably a little bit of a, a love affair, but that's all right. His ass is picked four. So who you got at five? Um, I'm going to go with the Kalian Metcalf and yeah. Tyler Lockett. Yeah. yeah. That's who I was um, taking. You know, yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I think, I think these first few picks are really, you know, the chalk, no pun intended. Um, you know, it, it can go back and forth on a lot of these picks that we went, went with, um, you know, DK obviously coming into the league, uh, proving everyone wrong. Um, you know, he can run all the routes. He could do it all. Um, just a complete beast. And then Tyler Lockett, right? I mean, so so efficient, um, you know, throughout his career. He's kind of like the slept-on receiver. that um, doesn't really get the respect that I think he should get. Um, just a very solid WR2 for your fantasy teams and, and redraft. Um, you know, never going to really be one of those people that people are – players that people are going to chase after and, and really want, but you know, he's just a nice steady f- player for your team, right? Whether it's real life or fantasy, um, you know, kind of a safety blanket for Russ in, in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, you know, I, I like, I like Lockett, you know, quite a bit and, you know, DK, I mean, speaks for itself. Yeah. And, <clears throat> excuse me. I think if we were like talking about the top uh, six or seven uh, wide receivers in the, in the game, as of today, We've only taken like two of them, you know, like, uh, you know, DK and AJ Brown. We haven't really taken, you know, Adams, Diggs, Jefferson, uh, you know, uh, Hopkins. We haven't taken those guys. And I think we would all agree they're they're the the top, you know, five or six guys in the league. But their their co-pilot is so bad. It's like, when do you start taking, you know, Devante Mm -hmm. MVS over – you know, <laughs> DK Lockett, right? No, seriously, it's because yeah, that's what it's going to yeah. be. It's like, how good is Adams to carry the dead bodies that with him, you know, as the WR2 or whoever, Tunyon or what, whoever you think is too. So it's kind of interesting. And, you know, and and that's why it's hard because you, you have to value, you know, do I take two eights over a 10 and a four? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think I do because you do want the two best. We did say two best, not the best. So that leads me to a spot where 
this, this just feels good. It feels good to do it. And the world wants me to do it. Everybody wants this pick. It is Calvin Ridley and, and, uh, and Pitts. Um, you know, everybody wants Kyle Pitts. I, he, look, <laughs> it may be a little bit crazy, but Ridley's as good as he is. And if Pitts is anywhere close to what he's supposed to be, I would absolutely love to throw to these two dudes. Ridley is always open. He's an amazing route runner. You know, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but I think Kyle Pitts is going to prove to be a mismatch nightmare. I think they're going to play him most a lot at wide receiver. I think he's going to play in a lot of two wide receiver sets. I mean, first of all, why the hell wouldn't he? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I can't think of a reason. Like he's their best second wide receiver. I mean, it's not Alameda Zacchaeus or, you know, uh, Russell Gage. It's definitely fucking Kyle Pitts. So, you know, it should kind of work out for him based off of the Julio trade and everything else. But uh, lock me up. Give me, give me Kyle Pitts and, and uh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, you sniped me there. I, nice. I was, I, I, I was like hoping they would somehow get by you. Um, yeah, that's a that's a great pick. Um, you know, and it's it's funny. Like the the Falcons let Julio go, and people are saying, "Oh, who's Matt Ryan going to throw to?" It's like, well, he just got another alpha to replace him in Kyle Pitts, right? Like he's a tight end, but I mean, like you talked about with Kelsey, right? It's you don't need to be a receiver to be an alpha, and we'll talk about you know another couple of tight ends that kind of fit that description on their teams yep um but yeah that, that's a great pick um you know love ridley and you know such a such a stud such a stud player route runner and you know gets open and and, and can do it all and then kyle pitts right so so exciting so much potential and um yeah i mean i think the promise is there i'm bummed out i i don't have kyle pitts on any of my dynasty teams it's kind of sad um, yeah, I've, got, a, I've it, got two yeah. more, two more drafts and I'm definitely not going to be able to get them in one. And then I probably should be able to get them in another. Uh, so it'll be my first, um, dynasty share, but I've made up for it by him being by far my most owned tight end in underdog best ball. I'm taking him as early as like low forties. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I am just YOLO when it comes, I mean, it's not a ton of money, you know. You play in these these three and five dollar uh, drafts. It's like if he pans out, I want to have a little bit of money on the line, just cheering for his ass. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I had to find a way to make him work for me. Yeah, that's that's smart. Um, yeah. yeah, just it just didn't work out for me in my rookie drafts. Um, you know, I play only in super flex leagues for the most part. Right. Um, you know, it's either I had late first, no first, or you know maybe a couple early like top three type picks, um, top maybe top four. Well, a lot and, of people were taking pits over Fields and Lance and all sorts of weird stuff. And I mean, Najee Harris and and Pitts, a lot of people taking him over. A lot of people took him over Jamar Chase. Like so, and I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying, like, if you were thinking I'd rather have Jamar Chase, I don't know. Like it, sometimes he was just gone before you would be willing to take him too. I'm sure as it as it happened yeah. to me, I'd be like, oh well, you took him before. I mean, I was thinking about taking him, but not that early. So. There was a lot of that, so um, you know, God bless the people who took him. Uh, hopefully, he pans out, and you're you know you're singing his praises. But it's a little early for a tight end, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, super flex. I mean, when Trey Lance was sitting there, or Justin Fields, or you know, there was one draft where I was I was going back and forth. Should I, should I take him? Because I think I was a pick four, and you know, it was Chase or Pitts. I was like, ah, uh, you know, I'm like, 
I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna take Pitts. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna take Chase. Like, I, I passed on him there. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's and, not a bad move. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, it's way more fun to push the button for Pitts, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, unless it's a, like I said, a two, a two point tight end premium. I mean, you could argue he should be the one on one. I mean, that's different, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, um, I, I just felt that, you know, from that team in particular, um, I don't have it up here right now, but, you know, I think tight end wasn't really a, a concern of mine. Um, you know, it was like a 1.5 tight end premium, so it wasn't a big one. And I, and I feel like that is, it's kind of like a fake premium, right? People yeah. like put too much emphasis on, on a, on a tight end in those leagues where, you know, it's a half point. I mean, yeah, there's, there's some kind of boost there, but it's not a two points, uh, which is, a big difference. Um, even that half point to make it a two point tight end premium is a big difference. And, you know, I was shallow at receiver and I'm like, I need an alpha. Um, so I did go with chase, which does bring me to my next pick. Woo. Um, as a nice segue is I'm going to go with Jamar chase and, and T Higgins. Unbelievable. Uh, Dude, it's unbelievable. Um, so far, just so you know, that is my, I have the, 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 the top six we've taken are my top six. And you just took number seven on my board. So Spider-Man meme activated. <laughs> activated, man. All, all day. Um, <laughs> you know, Chase checks all the boxes. I mean, that guy, that guy's going to be a, you know, a stud for years to come. Higgins, I, I missed on him, you know, last year. I, I didn't. It's funny. During the rookie draft season last year, I didn't get enough of Higgins. I made up for it early enough where I have him on several dynasty teams now. And I didn't have to break the bank necessarily i was able to kind of pivot quickly um so that that did work out for me um so i'm I'm super ecstatic to to have you know both of those guys on on my teams um you know and then you got chase um coming out of lsu just you know baller you know and now he's tied to burrow which is going to be exciting for him and yeah t higgins you know already showed what he can do um so yeah super super excited for those two now it gets interesting. It really does. I mean, I'm with you with this Chase and Higgins. I think Jamar Chase is the real deal. And you're right. Tied to Burrow, he's going to be – I think he's going to be really good there. And T. Higgins is being slept on right now in, in, in a lot of formats, although I've seen him start to creep up. You know, again, when you play on underdog, it's a very sharp crowd. So T. Higgins is not getting slept on too much. But, um, but I think he has been a little bit in the dynasty circles. A lot of people felt like, you know, that was it for him, especially early on, although that's kind of started to correct. I'm sure you've seen that. But, um, you know, if anybody's sleeping on Higgins in your league, definitely go get him. He is he's the real deal. He's a he's a hell of a wide receiver. And I, I don't see the production falling off. Um, certainly, it's going to be more competitive uh, in that wide receiver room. But in a lot of ways, hopefully that just makes them more efficient, more effective, more red zone trips, more opportunities and Hopefully he's you know just a more efficient player with his touches uh, and targets. So yeah, that that's kind of what I see, and and I am filibustering again, Chalk, because I'm looking down. I just see these alpha studs, and then I wonder if I should take one of them. Golly, um, I've got a big tier here. I'm all right. I'm going to do it. Um, Devonte Adams is so good that he can drag the dead body of whomever along with him and it's worth it. He's that good. He's just the, you know, I mean, he's arguably the best wide receiver in the game as of this moment. He's certainly close if he isn't that. And I'll pair him with 
I guess MVS. I don't want Tunyon. He's a he's a he's a fake you know a fake stud. So I'm going to go Devonte Adams and MVS at pick eight. You got that best ball fever, man. MVS is a great best ball. He is. Pick. <laughs> he is. He is because he's going to have three or four games where he's going to play for you, but you won't know which one it is when it is. It's just going to be three for one hundred two and a touchdown. You know, he'll have a fifty yard touchdown catch, a couple twenty yard plays, and that's it. And it's going to be that's that's going to play. You know, it's going to be 17, 18 points, whatever it is. And, you know, that's going to that's going to play in your lineup and it's going to play two or three, maybe four times a year. And that's it. He's going to have some some stinkers, too. So in in non best ball, it's not a guy you really want to have to play, Um, you know, maybe in deep, deep uh, starting rosters, which kind of play out a little bit like best ball because there's so much randomness. You're playing so deep anyway. But um, yeah, I I mean, in a conventional league, he's not that exciting to own because of how I think how uh, irregular his performances will be. Yeah, but um, like you said, Devontae Adams is so good, (laughs) so good. Um, So it definitely makes up a big a big difference in that talent, and he's able to carry um, that dead body, whoever it is. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I, I'm actually surprised you didn't go with maybe someone like Lazard. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the lizard King, but you know, I may, think maybe... MVS is the better player. I really do. I mean, at least he has a skill. He can go deep. He can get down the field. He's fast. He's big. Lazard is like, you know, I think he's just sort of, I don't know. I mean, he's just, he's just big and you know, that's about it. Boring. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's boring. yeah. You know, I don't know if, if I'm a quarterback, I'm like, give me, give me MVS. I can find Lazard, you know, but I think MVS is the closest thing to, you know, a special, not special talent, but like a special skill set where he, you know, he's big and fast and can stretch the field. So, all right, I got a field stretcher. I got the best receiver in the game. You can find Lazard, you know, I, you know, I'll go sign Auden Tate or whatever, you know, I'll find a guy, um, you know, to play that third role, you know, but, um, but, you know, at least I think with, Adams and MVS, I've got a good start. So that that's it's not it's not by a mile. Let's just put it that way. That's fair. That's fair. I'm curious to see who you're going with here. Tell tell me who you got. Yeah, I'm stressed out right now. It's getting. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just yeah. You're just trying to figure out. Do I go with that elite elite stud and or then, the two seven and a halves? Yeah. 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 Um, this isn't. This isn't a sexy pick by any means, uh, but it, it is two seven and a halves, and I'll just take take the fifteen and and go home. I'm gonna go with Woods and Cup, um, just kind of vanilla, vanilla guys, but just consistent and safe, right? And and I, I think I think for me, um, I'm okay with that, right? Especially if we're getting down to what the kind of the bottom half or the end of the top ten picks. Um, you know, just old faithful. I'm going to go with um, those two Rams receivers. So I'm glad you did that. They were a little further down on my board. I'm going to go with the better version of Woods and Cup. Um, I think Adam Thielen is as good as Cooper Cup, and I'm pretty sure Justin Jefferson is better than Robert Woods. So I'll just kind of take them off the board so that you don't get any funny ideas taking them next. And you know, um, yeah, so I'm happily taking, uh, you know, Jefferson and Thielen. Thielen, you know, is still kind of a slot technician and can really, 
do a lot of damage. And again, if I'm a quarterback, I'm I'm loving Adam Thielen, you know, just being he's just really a stud, right? I mean, he's not this elite athlete, but like he's an elite athlete in insofar as like I think he could have played like pro baseball. Like he's really good at, you know, at at like his hands are unbelievable. Like if it's anywhere near him, he's gonna catch it. So he's a great red zone threat. Like you you can you can thread the needle to him and and he'll make the catch. Uh, he's a great route runner. Um, again, athleticism has got to fall off here soon, but he's a really dope receiver. And I think we learned just how good Justin Jefferson is. So, um, you know, for once I beat the chalkster. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. I, I was, I was debating, uh, Jefferson Thielen. Obviously Jefferson is, is so, so good. I, I just got a little nervous with Thielen, right? I was looking at that. Absolutely. I was like, huh, is he a seven and a half? Is he, you know, cause you know, Jefferson's like a nine, right? Yes, um, exactly. And I'm like, ah, oh, is Steelen a six? Is he seven? Like, um, but yeah, he's a great athlete. I, I just, I'm a little nervous with him. Um, and I, maybe it's just me thinking about the recent drafts I had and redraft and coming up. And do I would I draft Steelen or would I want him on my team? Right. Um, you it's know, scary. I, it is like last year he he did put up good numbers, but it was really like buoyed by touchdowns and yes, you know, I don't know. To me, that was kind of a a warning sign is, is he falling off? Is he losing a step? I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, not a bad pick by any means. No, um, I think you're right though. He's definitely losing a step, right? I mean, he's not, you know, he's not explosive, but I think what they ask him to do and, and again, it, you know, he did have a lot of touchdowns. He is a real threat in the red zone just because of how skilled he is. You know, it, it, he's going to be able to track the ball in the air and he can make any catch. Like that's the thing with that guy. Like he can get spun around his spatial awareness is unbelievable. And that's when he was the best is when he had whatever athleticism he was gifted, you know, in his prime. And then he had all that sort of, you know, that, that sort of innate ability to, to just, you know, make catches into body control. And, you know, he's just, he's just a special, you know, player um, in that regard. So, but I, but I agree. He could be cooked. It, it could be over for him literally this year. He could be t- absolute toast. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you got, uh, I'm going back and forth. Like, <laughs> it's so hard, right? Like it it's literally, I see so many good choices. I'm like, I don't even know who I don't want you to take. Yeah. Th- yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of murky middle here right now. It's like, it is. you know, the next 10 teams are, you could take any one of them and I'd be like, yeah, pretty good pick. I'm, I'm going to go with a, a, a pick that, um, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, you asked me six months ago and I, or even eight months ago, uh, I would probably said no way. I would I wouldn't take these guys. I don't like them. But just changing my my perspective on these I guys. Think I know doing, who it is. Do you? Yeah. Um, is it go Ke- with this, Keenan? No, oh, actually okay. not. That's okay. not. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll get. We'll, I'll talk about those guys in a little bit. I'm actually going to go with Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest, like, again, I wasn't I wasn't big on Claypool when he was coming out. Uh, Deontay, I didn't really care for him too much. But the more I dig into these guys and their abilities, um, you know, uh, just studying their route running and the, the playmaking ability that they have um, and they're young, uh, I, I think it's exciting. I think I think I'm going ceiling here. Right. I, I'm, yes. I'm kind of looking at the ceiling and the potential there. It's they haven't really met that. I mean, to be honest, I don't think that they're they're there. Um, this is more of a potential pick. Um, 
but you know these guys Claypool surprisingly could play like an alpha I mean you know yeah. I was surprised I mean looking at his his actually you know success by route run and you know how, how his route tree is actually a lot better than I even imagined and then Deontay you know I, I was the type of guy that was you know knocking him for drops and then kind of reading all this other stuff about you know I mean, do drops really matter that much? And, you know, I saw stats where, you know, some of my favorite receivers were, you know, drop leaders at some point in their career. So, um, Deontay is getting fed, right? And and there's a reason yeah. for that. It's not just just for no reason. So, um, you know, I'm going to go with those two guys. Yeah, you earn targets. I mean, it, it's interesting. You know, we don't know exactly, you know, chicken and egg, whether it's Ben Roethlisberger or the, you know, or Deontay, but, you know, his yards per target and yards per catch are certainly not very impressive. Um, you know, he, he's had 92 targets and 144 targets in consecutive seasons, which is unbelievably impressive in the NFL as a rookie and first, second year player. Yet he still hasn't crested a thousand yards. Like, you know, that that's kind of a problem a little bit. You know, you're just like, wow, really 144 targets. You can't get to a thousand yards. Like he was 6.4 yards per target. Um, That's, you know, a problem, but the 144 targets to me signify his skill set, which everybody sees as as a route runner and able to get open and all that sort of thing. But, you know, a little bit of that is inflated by the, by the quote unquote running game, which was a short passing game for the Steelers. Both Juju and Deontay might've seen a few more targets than they might have otherwise if they were, you know, on some other team. So, I, you're right. The the upside for Chase Claypool right now in all formats is there, right? I have a hard time sometimes picking him. I, I don't know, man. It's just in some ways it, for me, it's like just because the other two guys are there. Like I think if Juju had left, and I know that sounds crazy, but if he had left, I'd be like maybe a little bit more in on Claypool this year. But you know, those two guys they 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 get targets, and they're not going to stop being the guy they were that got targets. I don't know if that made sense, and. Chase Claypool is going to have to figure out a way to usurp those guys and or he's going to have to find a way to be just as efficient as he was last year, which is unlikely, especially with Ben Roethlisberger at the helm. So there's just a lot of sort of things there. The offensive line being terrible. I I don't know if Ben makes it the year and 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 then who knows. So there's just enough question marks there, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about skill set and talent and who would you want to start your team around? And, you know, and and I, I can't necessarily disagree with you, although I guess I might have because they weren't next on my list. But I do like I like the pick. I think I'm going to go with God passing game, though. God dang it. Um, so hard. I mean, I'll just take my boy, you know, two guys I absolutely love. And I think if you're picking the Buffalo Bills, you're taking Stefan Diggs as arguably the best route running sort of intermediate to deep threat in the NFL. He's just an absolute stud. He's been great everywhere he's been. Um, he's he's a stud. And then if you're asking who's the number two, well, everybody knows who I'm picking. But I think there's a question there as well. Like, do you take the Uber slot? No, you take you take Gabe Davis. So for me, it's that, that Stephon Diggs-Gabe Davis stack. Obviously, being a little bit higher than consensus on Gabe Davis – makes me feel really good about taking uh, Diggs and Davis here. Yeah. Um, 
it's funny. Like I'm always taking the, a different pick, but I, I kind of have an idea of who you're taking after I take a guy. Um, and I was, I almost actually, went a different direction. I just changed my uh, mind yeah. midstream too. Yeah. Right. I, um, I had a, I actually have like, you know, a, my, I, wrote a, I wrote a list down a little bit before the show and I actually had Diggs and Davis one slot above uh, Claypool and Deontay. Yeah. But, you know, just, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'm thinking about it as like a GM or a quarterback and I'm building a team and, you know, who do I want? And, you know, and, and maybe this is me just, you know, playing Dynasty, you know, even now, right? Like we, yes. we said, we're not going to play Dynasty in this draft particularly, but, um, you know, I, I kind of lean that way. You know, Diggs, one of my favorite players, um, you know, in the league for, for some time now. Yeah, like you said, just the best route runner in the game. Uh, you know, whether it's short and he can go long and, you know, he got it all. Um, so fun to watch. He got the swagger, uh, you know, just just a great player. Gabe Davis, I know you're super high on him. And, yeah, that guy makes plays, man. You know, um, you know when he gets the ball, he's pretty much scoring a touchdown. Um, and it's exciting. And I'm glad that, you know, you didn't go with the guy that, um, you know, doesn't believe in COVID. Uh, but that's a <laughs> conversation for another day. But yeah, no, Diggs, Gabe Davis, uh, great pick. Um, yeah, no, no qualms about that one. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny because I'm quote-unquote high on Gabe Davis. Um, I think I've got him like in the top four, 48 or 50 in redraft, which doesn't sound that high. But I mean, it is higher. I mean, if you, if you have him there, you're getting him almost every time. Uh, I've softened a little tiny bit just because – you know, some of the word about, you know, Emmanuel Sanders being still good. And, and, and I will say Cole Beasley is going to get targets like that, that much is for sure. I don't know what Gabe Davis's ceiling is for targets. I mean, without injuries, of course, um, you know, if everybody stays healthy, you got 62 targets last year. I think the, the team is at least that. So I, I think he, you know, unless it doesn't go all that well for him, which I don't really see, he was super efficient and uh, was a real good run blocker. Like, I I just think he was really good. Like he was good at football last year. I I don't think there's any issues with him. And he was, he was great on the outside. He was a big play player. Um, He was a gamer. Um, They did sort of take him off the field a little bit in the playoffs. Um, But of course he's a rookie. I think, you know, give him this off season, give him an opportunity to, to establish himself. And I think he'll be just fine. And, you know, look, if he's a, you know, a wide receiver, late, uh, low wide receiver three or high wide receiver four, then he's returned value at where I have him. And in Dynasty, I just think he was a 21-year-old kid who, you know, put up 600 yards and seven touchdowns and played the second amount of snaps at the wide receiver position behind Stephon Diggs, outplaying John Brown and and uh, Cole Beasley in terms of snaps. The coaching staff trusted him, and it's the same damn coaching staff. And they brought in Emmanuel Sanders, and I'm supposed to believe he's going to play outside X over Gabe Davis. It just doesn't ring true. I mean, it certainly could happen. I'm not saying it can't happen, but at his value, I'm taking the upside every time. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know, if I'm building a team out of those out of that receiving core, I, I want Diggs and, and Davis myself. Yeah. So, uh, no argument there. I'm a little do a little game three on you this time. Um, I have a I have a couple pairs that I am I. Yeah, me, I have two but, or three. But um, I feel like I could wait on them because I don't know. I, I know one of the guys in one of the pairs I've been looking at, you're maybe not as high as I am. I'm going to go with um, a, 
a pair of receivers and one guy I know you're very high on. Um, I'm going to go with the guys in Denver. Sutton yeah. and Judy. Good um, job. Yeah. That was next on my list. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I, I like Sutton too. Um, you know, I, I, I think listening to you a lot about him, um, you know, definitely got me, you know, really kind of piqued my interest and I, I was digging in and, you know, he has that, you know, just the makings of a, of an alpha WR one, you know, X type receiver. Uh, so I like Sutton, you know, he got injured and very unfortunate, but I see him bouncing back and then Judy, right. I mean, another route technician, um, you know, didn't have a great rookie year, but I think we all know his level of talent and his potential. And uh, yeah, I, I like those guys. I, I think, you know, it'd be a fun pair to, build around if I'm a GM of a team. Uh, So, yeah, I want to go with Sutton and Judy. Yeah, I love this pick. I mean, Judy's great, you know, and that's the thing, too, is like Sutton does have that that high-end alpha sort of ceiling. I mean, dude, in 2019, he had 124 targets for over 1,100 yards. I mean, that's really good. I don't don't think anybody was writing any, um, you know, any articles about their quarterback play that year. And so I thought he emerged out of there. He came into camp last year and everybody was just like, he is amazing. Um, and you know, he, 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 he was, he was great. I mean, I mean, it's small sample. I mean, he had three catches for 66 yards, but like he was just, he was balling right off the, right off the bat blows out his knee. I mean, brutal, you know, so obviously, you know, for him, it's like, who knows what he is now? I mean, hopefully he's all the way back. I don't really know. Um, these guys are coming back like unbelievably from, from the ACLs now. I mean, you know, the medicine is just so much better. The, you know, the, the techniques, the rehab, the whole thing, man, the steroids are unbelievable. All that shit is just so good now. Um, joking, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think he'll come back. He's great. And then, then you have Judy who number one in the NFL and unrealized air yards last year, again, says nothing about the quarterback play and we'll see about quarterback play. But I think if you're picking the way we're picking, we're not talking about quarterback play. We're saying these dudes are dope. I mean, you know, give give Aaron Rodgers, Sutton, and Judy. You know, I think he'd he'd make them look real good. So yeah, I love that pick, and I'll I'll take one. You know, I've got two guys lined up. I don't know. You'll probably take the other one. I'm just gonna go with my boy, um, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. Um, you know, this is now we're on number fourteen. So this is the fourteenth best duo in the NFL. I think that's fair. I mean, you know, we're, we're you know, George Kittle's dope and, and Brandon Ayuk really showed himself. You know, there was a split second I th- thought about uh, Debo, but I don't think Debo is the – he's just sort of a hell of a football player, but I don't think he's that great a receiving weapon. I think Ayuk could be. Kittle certainly is a top two or three tight end, you know, in the league. Um, you know, you factor in his blocking and he's that good. We're, we're playing real football and <clears throat> Kittle's blocking does create – uh, some other things for him, like, you know, those little sort of, um, you know, those, those rub routes and those things where it looks like he's blocking all those play action stuff where he's crossing the formation and, you know, guys are just preparing, preparing to get, you know, smashed by this dude. Next thing you know, he's running by you, uh, on a little bootleg. And I think with Trey Lance, it's going to be pretty awesome wheels up for George Kittle. I think people are sleeping on him a little tiny bit. Um, you know, he was the, 
uh, for me, it was definitely the the tight end one in Dynasty, even ahead of uh, Kelsey, not because I thought he was better in a, in a one-season setting than Kelsey, but he was just five years younger. So give me the, the guy who's got five more years of this shit. But last year was an injury-plagued season. The quarterbacks were injured. The whole team was injured. I think someone had pointed out that it was the most injury-plagued season of any team in like the last 10 years. Like It was brutal. San Francisco was completely ravaged by injuries. So you know, the whole season's a throwaway. Um, and still in that throwaway season, Ayuk was dope. So if Ayuk is that good and Kittle is who we thought he was, uh, getting them at pick 14 is, is, is a steal. Yeah, you got me, man. Um, I, I was hoping to get Sutton and Judy and then come back around and grab Ayuk <laughs> and Kittle. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you heard me talk about Ayuk in our in our inner circle. Um, I, I love that guy. I think he's extremely talented. You know, Kittle, right? One of, still one of the top tight ends in the game. You know, you know, tight end two overall, maybe tight end three if if you want to count uh, Darren Waller. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ayuk. You know, I was just looking at his stats. Um, Ninety six targets last year, playing in only I think twelve games 12 or something or 13 like that. Games, yeah, yeah. Um, dude, I mean, yeah, I know Kittle was out, right? I mean, it is what it is, but still, right? I mean, like you said, right? Good players command targets. Yep. It's just a matter of a fact, and um, yeah, just you know, great. You know, another great route runner um, can do it all, right? Uh, when I was diving in deeper on these guys just kind of looking at advanced metrics and and just you know listening to some of the you know tape grinders i mean me and you are team analytics but you know gotta gotta get all the information you can absolutely and you know a lot of people very high on iuk and yeah i I like i like him um i've been i've been trying to get him on my teams myself just because i'm very bullish on on his prospects and yeah that's a great pick um Moving on, I'm going to, and this is getting, it's getting tough. Um, I'm going to go with the guy, and, and the pick is really driven by this, you know, first player that um, I think me and you actually developed, or started developing a friendship around our love for this player. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if you, if you probably, you know, know, but uh, DJ Moore. Yeah. So I remember, you know, me and you started becoming, you know, good friends uh, out there on the Twitterverse and. Spider the Spider Man meme was born between yes. us. Uh, I remember it was really our love for DJ Moore and Godwin, but yeah, um, yeah. but DJ Moore. I, I remember like our DMs, and it sucks I can't go back uh, that far to to really read all those messages. And I remember you sending me that was a screenshot of one of your like, MFL startup drafts, and you're like check to check out the start, <laughs> and I was like Moore yes. and Godwin and yes. all the homies. Yes, I do remember um, that startup. That was a fun fucking startup because it was true. And I also, wherever Godwin went, this was the best thing. Like um, it was an MFL startup and my brother was next. And I was like, this dude was on the clock and I looked up and I'm like, oh shit, Godwin's still on the board. Like somehow it was like really late too. Like this was a few years back before his first breakout season. This was like the seventh round or something like that. And I was like, oh shit, Godwin's still on the board. And I, uh, I like, I like literally texted the, the guy who was next and he didn't fucking know. And, uh, I swooped in, made whatever trade I needed to, whatever swap, you know, pick swap, whatever I had to do. 
and uh, and I swooped in and took Godwin, and my brother didn't know I was there, and it was like trying to pick Godwin. He's like, my fucking computer's broken. I'm like, nah, bitch, your computer ain't broken. I just stole his ass, and he was so pissed. He was so pissed because he was just it was all queued up. He was so fucking ready to take Godwin. So yeah, dude, I remember that was a. Fu- it's always fun when you can hurt someone else at the same time, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you know, still love DJ Moore. Um, you know, I think he's still, you know, one of, one of my you know favorite players to watch and. You know, he's been a little, you know, up and down, um, but I feel like he's been more up and down. And, you know, I'm going to pair him with Robbie Anderson. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not traditionally a Robbie Anderson fan, um, but I mean, he's actually not bad, right? I'm looking at, you know, last year, his numbers, he came in, what, like WR 27, um, you know, like what, high end WR three, not bad, it's serviceable. Um I mean, shoot, like, you know, if I'm comparing it with the guy I just took a couple of picks ago, uh, Deontay Johnson, Robbie Anderson scored like four less points over the season. Um, pretty much average, same, almost the same amount of points per game at like eight, eight points per game. Um, and that's standard. So in PPR, it's, it's a bit different. Um, yeah. Yeah. PPR, re- yeah. Remember now, if you look, DJ Moore has f- two, four, and four receiving touchdowns in his first three seasons, you know, which is brutal. It's awful. And, you know, at the end of the day though, it was also like the, neither, none of those teams were thrown for a lot of uh, passing touchdowns either, but still not very good. But if you were to, if you were, if he were to have some sort of normal touchdown number to go along with his performance, he's had 82, 135 and 118 targets. Uh, His last two years, 1175 and 1193 yards. Like, He's just been outstanding. You know, I mean, he's a career 15 yards a catch. He's a career 62% catch rate, a career nine and a half yards per target. Like, dude's been outstanding. He just hasn't gotten lucky with touchdowns. And so I think he's undervalued because of that, because of his his finish as WR whatever has been a little lower than what it quote unquote should be based off touchdown regression. And I don't know that it's coming for him this year. I mean, I don't know if Sam Darnold changes all that. Not likely or certainly not, you know, not like a sure thing. That's at least for sure. But, um, but yeah, I think DJ Moore is highly underrated right now. He's been that good. Um, it's just, I don't know. There's a, definitely a malaise about him out there for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and like, yeah, DJ Moore, you know, I think he's – being kind of left for dead in in a way, I st- you know I think we both have him in our top ten in dynasty, and then yeah going kind of going back to Robbie, yeah I mean he was a solid WR two last year he actually outperformed DJ Moore in, in PPR, um you know it's just you know surprising stats to see there, uh, but yeah I mean not not the sexiest second pick in in Robbie but you know I'll take it um you know and if we're looking at best ball I mean give me Robbie where I mean, he's going in, in in best ball drafts too so. Yeah. Happy, happy with that. Yep. It was his lowest yards per, uh, per catch season. Uh, he'd really been at 15 yards per catch his whole year, his whole career. And he was, you know, 11 and a half. So he's used closer to the line of scrimmage. He was used more like, uh, DJ Moore sh- sh- sort of should have been or was used. And DJ Moore had his highest, uh, yards per carry, uh, yards per catch season. He was always about 14 and he was 18 last year. So they used him uh, a little bit differently than I think we all would have assumed they were going to use him. So just kind of interesting. Um, we'll see how this year, uh, moves forward. 
Uh, my next pick is their former running mate uh, because I think uh, Terry McLaurin is, I think he's special, man. I really do. You know, if I'm, if I'm a quarterback, I want to, I want to be thrown to that guy. He's a, he's a legit route runner. He's able to get open and he's also like four, three fast. So he's able to kind of break coverage too. Once he kind of gets a little separation, it, it, it becomes more separation as he starts to, you know, run to the post or run to the out or whatever, you know, like he's getting more and more open as he runs. Cause he's just so fast. And then he's a c- great contested catch player. Um, his body is, is a bit bigger than I think people realize, um, you know, uh, as I think he's, uh, let me look it up. Yeah. He's 210 pounds, six foot two ten. He's got that, that girth, that thickness that is able to let him kind of play through contact as well. Um, he's just been outstanding. He hasn't had the greatest uh, quarterback play, but yet he has been really, really good. So I love Terry McLaurin, and I'll pair him with the Curtis Samuel coming from Carolina to to Washington. Curtis Samuel, a dangerous little player, you know, can play all over the place. So you have the alpha, and then you have the sort of guy who can, whether he's asked to stretch the field as a field stretcher or asked to you know, run little crossers and screens and even out of the backfield. So I think those two weapons would be a lot of fun, um, you know, to, to, to start with. I mean, just knowing I can throw to Terry McLaurin and I have another, you know, solid uh, sidekick is, is good enough for me. Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, you know, love McLaurin. Yeah, I mean, he's 210 and he runs, what, 4.3 speed, 4.4 yeah. four speed. I mean, that size, just his speed score is insane. Um, yeah, he could do it all. Uh, he's fast, contested catch, route running again, um, got the burst. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's a fun player to watch. And, and then Curtis Samuel, um, you know, really kind of came into the league and people thought he was a gadget player, but I think he's more than that, right? Yeah. I think he proved that last year um, that he's not just, you know, throw me around and from the backfield and put me in the slot and do this. Like, he can do a little bit of everything, but, um, you know, I think it's going to be fun to watch um, Curtis Samuel playing with a player like McLaurin, um, who plays really big and, and, and plays well outside. So that's that's a that's a fun pairing. I, I like that pick. All right, who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go go down to Arizona for this one. Um, I want call. DeAndre Hopkins, and you know I'm gonna go with Rondale Moore. Um, yeah, just you know. Obviously, we all know what Hopkins is. Um, you know, still one of the best talents in, in the league in terms of, uh, you know, wide receivers. And Rondell Moore, so exciting, uh, so much potential there. You know, I, I think there's some concern uh, if a game, if his, if his game will translate in the in the NFL. Um, you know, I know a lot of success came out of the slot. You know, playing against, you know, linebackers, and I think he'll be used very similarly in Arizona. Uh, you know, with with smart coaching, anyways. Uh, so I don't, I don't personally see much issue there. Um, you know, the guy jumps out of the gym uh, first. You know, he's small, but he's super exciting and electric. So I want that pairing. I was wondering who you were going to pair uh, Nuke with, and I, I probably would have gone Christian Kirk. But I think you're right. The upside of Rondale is probably better than, you know, the, the sort of vanilla uh, offerings of Christian Kirk. But um, – <laughs> I'll I'll go ahead and take um, Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. Uh, I think having an alpha X and a 
legit field stretching uh, slot or slot Z, whatever you want to call Darnell Mooney. I mean, he is he is fast, um, and he proved to be a damn good player last year, even throughout you know bad quarterback play all the way. I I really you know sort of talking dynasty now, not necessarily the the skill set here, but I'm really looking forward to you know Justin Fields starting week one. Hopefully they're smart enough to do that. Like this is this is Justin Fields' time. Like he's gonna be the guy. He's gonna play uh, Andy Dalton off the field, if not, you know, in week one. Soon thereafter, uh, might as well just get it over with and and let the kid, you know, figure it out on the fly. They did draft an offensive tackle to help, uh, you know, uh, ease him in and not have him running for his life at, on every play. Hopefully that kid can, the Tevin Jenkins can come in and and and. and you know, be a difference maker right off the bat as well. And they've got cornerstone tackle, cornerstone quarterback, alpha receiver, at least for this year, um, as I think he's franchised uh, Allen Robinson. Now, whether they're going to re-sign him or not, I don't know. But uh, at least for this year, i got to love Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. Uh, Mooney at cost, although his cost has been, been rising. But I love these two guys and uh, happy to take him at pick 18. Yeah, no, great pick. Um Alan Robinson, classic X receiver. Uh, and then, yeah, Mooney, rising star. Um, could definitely break the game open um, at any time. Fun player uh, and, and great young talent. So, yeah, I think, I think pairing an X with a, with a flanker like that is, is, is a great move. Um, I like that. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, go um, Keenan over here now. Uh, so, you know, Keenan Allen – you know, just a great chess piece type player. I mean, you know, excels out of the slot, of course. Um, and then pair him with a Mike Williams. And, uh, you know, I've traditionally not been a big Mike Williams fan, um, admittedly. However, and I'm not going to even get into the coach speak that we've heard this week about, oh, uh, we're going to play him as an X. I mean, that's what he's been playing as. <laughs> like, right. You know, like, what else is Mike Williams? He's a, he's an outside. He's a, he's a big player. He, he's a red zone threat. Um, you know, I don't know if he's long for uh, for Los Angeles. You know, uh, I think his contract's up this year, so I, I don't know yeah. if he's going to stick around. Um, but this is a fun pairing, right? Like it's kind of what you're saying is, you know, you got you got a X type receiver um, in, in Mike Williams, and then you got a, a fun chess piece uh, in Keenan, right? Just a, a, a excellent route runner, uh, very consistent, right? Target hog. You know, 140 targets or, or whatnot, um, and you know, and Keenan has this like injury prone tag that is not even real. It's not right. even like true, but people think he's like, oh, he's always injured. It's like, no, actually, no, he's not. He actually, <laughs> he's actually only missed like one full season due to some like you know freak injury. Other than that, you know, he's been pretty healthy, uh, and you know, I'm a fan. So yeah, give me Keenan and Mike Williams here. Yeah, he had some, <clears throat> excuse me, he had some injury concerns early in his career, uh, like his second or third year or whatever. But he's been, I mean, he had 100 targets in his 21-year-old rookie season. So, he, you know, we knew he was legit, you know, 100 targets and 1,000 yards as a rookie. So not very many players do that. He has been, you know, our very own Tommy Moe's sleeper du jour for like the last two or three years. And turns out he was right every time. I mean, he was really good last year. Uh, he did miss some time actually last year too, but um, you know only a couple games. But he he was so good, uh, you know, 147 targets in basically 13 and a half games, just unbelievable. So 
Um, I think this year should be a better year for them as Herbert starts every game. Herbert has the offseason to himself. I think Josh Palmer should help him a little bit. They had nothing at the other that, you know, outside of Williams and Keenan, you know, Guyton and uh, Tyron Johnson or whatever the hell his name is, you know, and uh, I can't even remember who the hell else they had. I mean, Hunter Henry, of course, but, you know, they, they really didn't get very many targets to the, that, that third wide receiver. You know, if Josh Palmer can come in and just be, you know, mediocre, like good, like just kind of a good player, then I think that's a huge upgrade and and should open things up for everybody else. But yeah, that that should be a very good team. Eckler back, um, yeah, dangerous team. So I love Keenan and and Mike Williams is he's a skilled outside X. I mean, he's not much more than that. But uh, you know, hey, it is what it is. We're we're getting down to uh, pick twenty here. So pick twenty. I'm gonna go with a guy that you and I both like and Traquan Smith to pair with the slant boy Michael Thomas. Probably a little too low to be picking Michael Thomas here. I mean, it's just tough because they're not necessarily, um, you know, there's not much else there. I mean, it's Troutman, who we both like. But I think we both specifically love Troutman this year because of the lack of competition for targets. It's going to be like, you know, obviously Michael Thomas, Camara, that's like, you know, a huge portion of the targets. But somebody's got to get the rest. And who the hell is that going to be? Well, Looks like Traquan could finally have an opportunity to step forward. He's been wildly efficient with every opportunity he's ever had. Uh, just has had a lack of opportunity. We just talked earlier that opportunity and targets are a skill. Well, so maybe there's an issue there for sure. But you know, one way or the other, um, you know, I think Traquan and, and Michael Thomas is a good uh, good match here. Um, you know, you'd love to be able to throw to Michael Thomas, who if it's anywhere near him, catches every single thing his way. Yeah. Um- yeah, Michael Thomas. I think he's being slept on. Yeah. Um, you know, you know whether it's you know kind of down year and you know quarterback kind of uncertainty, but man, he's he's still good and I, he has the potential to put up top three, top five, you know, receiving season this year, uh, regardless of who the quarterback is. And I think he has a very good chance of doing that. So I love that pick. Um, yeah, Traquan. I'm not, I'm not out on him yet. Um, you know, I, I think. This is his kind of last chance, you know, last dance to make it, uh, make something out of himself and, and, and show us, you know, he can do it. Um, he's, he's flashed, right? He's, he's yeah. definitely flashed um, more than a few times. Um, so, and I think that's a great pick. Um, you know, and Michael Thomas, right? He kind of covers any of the, uh, you know, kind of lack, lack of production on, on the second receiver side. By the way, our, our, our esteemed producer, Michael Duncan, Philadelphia Eagle fan is fading further and further into depression as he listens to these picks go off the board and no mention, no mention of his Philadelphia Eagles. Just so I thought I'd point that out. Anyway, please continue, Mr. Mr. Chalk. You're up. Man, this is getting tough. This is <laughs> this is getting dicey. I mean, there's there's some good pairings still yes. left on the board, but it's like, ah, do I take this guy? Or I'm like basically talking myself out of, out of players at this at this yeah at this it's like point. it's like there's there's like one guy or there's a couple of kind of okay guys it's very interesting i mean yeah. we are at pick 21 so there's still 12 teams left and it starts to get a little bit more dicey here where i'm not sure if you're picking upside or what but there, the wait till you get to the bottom three it's yeah. gonna be poo poo <laughs> platter so i can't wait for that that's actually gonna be the most fun like who is last. I think we know, but go ahead, keep it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man, this is this is it's kind of getting gross. You know what? 
I'm going to go with a guy, um, you know, shout out to Tommy Moe. He just put something out um, calling um, this player who I'm about to take right now as the next Justin Jefferson, meaning a player that people were a little down on this year in the rookie draft season and, mm. you know, um, but has the potential to really outproduce that ADP. Um, oh. Checks all the boxes, I feel like, in terms of analytics. Um yeah, maybe a little bit injury concern, which you know kind of slip. Um, but I'm gonna take Rashad Bateman. Yeah, and uh, Mark Andrews here. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and I think Bateman, like I was just kind of talking about, uh, super exciting player, young young player, and got the potential. Um, I, I didn't get a lot of him in my rookie drafts, um, just because he didn't follow me, right? Like, there was one draft I had, I tr- I had a 201, and he he, he was there, so I took him. Other than that, all my second round picks were later. Um, was not there, of course. Um, and then Mark Andrews, kind of, you know, solid tight end. I mean, you know, not not the greatest, um, but you know, solid. You know, obviously uh, Lamar Jackson's favorite target to this point, um, and you know, I'm okay with that. So, but I'm I'm just a big fan of Bateman, so I'm okay with kind of kind of taking him here, maybe reaching a little bit, but just want to lock it in. Yeah, and when you were saying this year's Justin Jefferson, I saw Michael Duncan start to sit up and be like, oh, are you talking about Devontae Smith? And unfortunately, <laughs> you weren't. Um, I, I'll maybe make Michael's day as I will talk about, uh, you know, s- some guys who do wear green. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault. I think Chenault is at least been – you know, a hot enough name going forward. There's been some scary little quotes from Urban Meyer about DJ Chark, but then again, who hasn't? Uh, uh, Urban Meyer had some scary quotes about. Um, that dude is something, man. This is going to be a very, very entertaining season with uh, with Urban Meyer. But I really love DJ Chark. Um, he's got that that big frame and and that elite. 4-3 speed and Chenault with that gigantic, you know, frame. I mean, he's like 220, 30. He's got that AJ Brown frame. Um, you know, he's kind of 80% of what AJ Brown does. I mean, we'll see if he can actually take that kind of step and 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 be that good with volume, right? Can he see a hundred, hundred plus targets and still perform and stay on the field and be able to, you know, check in and out of different reads and you know right? All those things block, right? All the things that you have to do to just kind of be good, um, you know, run all the routes, everything, right? Can he be that guy? We know he's very talented. We, we know he's kind of this, you know, really, you know, dominant player with the ball in his hands, but can he do it all? Or is he just sort of a little bit of a gadgety close to the line of scrimmage player? I think he's more than that. And I think it's worth taking at pick 22. No, that's a, that's a great pick. Um, they're at the top of my list as well. Um, and you know, I, I decided to go with Bateman there, but yeah, you know, I, I do like, I do like Chenault still. Um, I'm not as high as on him as, you know, I think a lot of people are in the industry. Um, but I think, you know, right. it's interesting and, and Chark. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not fully sold on him. You no. know, I don't know. I it's don't know, hard but, to be fully sold right now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. But Hey, you know, he, he could be the X there. And then you got Chenault, who could be, you know, a fun chess piece type player. Um, so I can't blame you, especially as we get down into the nitty gritty here. Yes. 
Uh, this is this is a tough one. Um, oh man, like uh, I'm so not excited about. Really, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just funny because I'm excited about one player, right? But then the other guy is like, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna do something really really different here. Come I'm on, gonna, baby. I'm gonna go with Waller and Rugs. Waller and Rugs? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Wait so a minute. Weird. This is bullshit. You could take Waller, but you're gonna put him with fucking Henry Rugs instead of Brian Edwards. I I mean I love Brian Edwards, but I don't know. I'm just looking at. God damn you. I'm just. Li- I know, right? I just disappointed myself. I have I to know. delete Edwards. I've got my notes here. I have fucking Waller and Edwards. Clearly, you and I see eye to eye, and you're gonna put damn rugs in there. That's fine. That's yeah, fine. you know what? You know, I I, I feel like I got the hedge here, right? Um, <laughs> this is the ultimate hedge. This is the ultimate hedge where I have zero cares or zero <laughs> shares, zero cares of rugs. Say it. I, zero right? shares, zero cares, baby. Like I don't I don't have him on any dynasty team. I could give a shit if he actually does anything, and I don't think he really will. But just in case he does. Right, I got him in this draft. Right, no, it's, it is. It is. Him. He is post type sleeper now. Right, like yeah. now that everybody's abandoned him, he is a value. And you know, dude, he's he is one of the most athletic players to ever walk the earth. Like he's amazing. So he does have upside, and I'll give you that. I, I'm just, of course, being funny, but you know, um, yeah, Waller and Rugs, man. I mean, Waller's a stud. I mean, probably should have gone earlier if if we knew Rugs or Edwards were anything at this point right like we just don't know like rugs played the whole season and we're not that excited about what we saw i mean we saw a few little spots but not a mu- not much and then edwards who was hurt and not not on the field very often Aguilar played over him and actually played well and then you're like so you we don't even really know what we've gotten either rugs or edwards we're just kind of hoping for either one of them but if we knew we had a sliver of anything with either of those guys this waller tandem would have been much much higher agreed yeah absolutely um yeah, yeah i mean uh, i mean you know I, I know me and you're both you know still believers of brian edwards i still love the guy i mean you know i mean what nine 100th percentile breakout age and you know i mean just a complete baller i think last year obviously inhibited by you know that i think it was a foot injury or something that he's you he kind of carried over from college yeah you know, I still like him, but yeah, like I said, I'm just doing the ultimate hedge here. So if rugs hits, I can go back and say, Receipt King, see, episode 44, I called it. I got Absolutely. rugs. <laughs> I got rugs. So. Hey, this could, this, could, this could be the spot where we take Michael Duncan off the spot because I'm going to take a rookie Alabama receiver and pair him with one of the fastest guys in Will Fuller. So Jalen Waddle <laughs> and Will Fuller off the board here. Oh, wait. No, that's not that's not the right guy. Am I right, Michael? Uh, still on the board is Philadelphia Eagles uh, skill skill positions. But I, I mean, honestly, too, it, I'm kind of I'm kind of trolling Michael a little bit. But really, it was close there. Um, but I think you know, if I'm a if I'm a quarterback, th- this you know, obviously, you have to have a big enough arm. So maybe you know, not these guys aren't for me. But uh, but um, but Waddle and Fuller, man, this the speed they're going to be able to put on the field in Miami is going to be pretty outstanding. I mean, Fuller, you know, Evan Silva famously, you know, calls out the splits for Deshaun Watson, not with and without DeAndre Hopkins, but with and without Will Fuller. And they're they're immense. There's a huge difference. Will Fuller does change an NFL football game. He does. Um, he does so for two quarters till his hamstring pops, but 
he does it. I, I recommend Will Fuller get back on those steroids and, and stay on the field. I mean, he was really good last year on this team. I think with Devonte Parker as you know, that sort of Mike Williams role and then Waddle and Fuller just stretching the field in all sorts of ways is going to be very exciting. So, you know, I think those two guys uh, would be a lot of fun to to play with if you had some sort of a cannon. Yeah, no, um, lo- love that pick. Um, you know, I think Waller, I mean Waddle, sorry, <laughs> Waller. Waller uh, I, yeah, I think I think uh, you know Jalen Waddle is, is is a really fast, you know, fun, exciting prospect, uh, blazing speed, fuller, right, field stretcher. Um, yeah, keep him on the steroids and. <laughs> yeah. um let, let him rip yeah that's a great you know i'm a i'm a i'm still a two two a guy uh i think this gonna be a, a great pairing for him um and this is his chance right if, if tua has it this is his opportunity to show he has it so um i think great great pick there um there, there's one group i uh, you know one pair i can't believe and i think you're gonna take them next but one group that i can't believe is still on the board you know really i mean going to be interesting to see where you go here, but I think maybe there's some people, if they're playing along at home, you're like, maybe you're wondering why the hell these two aren't on off the board. So let's see if, uh, if chalk saves you guys from fucking throwing things through the screen right now. You know what? I I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about, but I, I don't want them. I'm going to stay out East. I love it. And I'm going to go with some receivers that also wear green. Um, maybe we'll get Michael off the snide here, but, um, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, a rookie and a veteran pairing, and I'm going to go with Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. Wow. Oh, wow. I love it. You know what? I'm I'm pretty high on Corey Davis. I mean, last year he did pretty well. I mean, you know, he's kind of like that post-hype sleeper. Yes. Um, You know, definitely, you know, plays the X, and you got Elijah Moore who – can kind of play everywhere and, and he's been getting some hype, like, you know, getting into the, you know, pre-draft process. I got, I started getting really excited about more and I realized hey, I am too low on him. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to really adjust my rankings, but I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I get him in rookie draft and you know, ended up with quite a bit of Elijah Moore on my teams. Um, just, just a, you know, fun player to watch, great route runner. Um, and I, I'm starting to really just continue like, well, I've always been enamored by route running and, 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 you know, the elite route runners and technicians and, and Elijah Moore has that. Uh, and then Corey Davis um, still got some juice. I think he got the potential to uh, can turn his career around or continue to turn his career around, feel safer than some of these other guys on the board still uh, match with some, you know, young, young potential. So um, give me Elijah Moore and, and Corey Davis. Sounds good to me. I mean, <clears throat> Elijah Moore, Never done nothing at the NFL level. Five foot nine, hundred and nothing, and he's the hottest thing going right now. Um, so we'll see, man. I, I, it's almost like there's no way he can fail. Yet we all know that there's definitely a chance that he's not going to make it. So very interesting. I've been I've been singing his praises on this podcast previously. I mean, I got really excited about him, um, and then I made a trade uh, in a, in a league where I traded him away and. And probably overpaid a little bit, but ended up with Dalvin Cook on the on the way coming back. So I'm okay with that. Um, I'm going to take college teammates who are now NFL teammates, and I am going to get you Cleveland Browns fans from having a fucking brain aneurysm while you're listening to this damn thing. And I'm going to take uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. 
Um, and that, that was the group that I thought was probably sitting there a little bit too long. I didn't know exactly when and where to take them. And, you know, obviously if Odell is prime Odell, then they're in the top 10. I mean, cause Landry's a, you know, a slot technician and a absolute, he's open all the time. He's open close to the line of scrimmage, but he's open. And then, you know, Odell is the game breaker. Well, he just hasn't broken a game yet. Uh, in like two years. So it's been a little bit of a, an interesting ride with them. We'll have to see if, um, if Baker can unlock them again. Um, I think Jarvis Landry is a pretty good value in most, most drafts right now. Um, certainly not, you know, maybe not best ball and like, you know, big tournaments like Scott fish. It's like, who cares? But like, I'm just talking like late and redraft. If you maybe stacked up quarterback and tight end and you're looking for some, you know, solid, um, performance late in a, you know, mid, mid to late in a draft. I mean, if he's your WR three, you're not hating life, um, but you're not going to have to draft him in the top 36. He's going outside of that. So, you know, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham are pick 26. We have a few left and believe me, it's getting ugly. We might even have to pick a Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I knew I knew you're talking about the LSU teammates um, and and Odell and, and, and Landry. Um, I think it's a great pick. You know, like you said, if Odell turns the form, I mean, these guys will be easily a top ten pairing. Um, you know, just the question marks are still there around Odell. Landry is you know very consistent. You know what? Looking at who's left. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm almost kind of for. I mean, I, I am basically forced at this moment, and that's my I mean, disclaimer. There's here. another NFC East team left that you could conceivably take. I have them yeah. back to back in my rankings here, and I. Me too. Do you Me really? Too. Yeah, I have I them do. back to back. Um, Me too. And I do have the Eagles ahead, but it's close. And I, I'm kind of curious. Well, go ahead. Take, make your pick. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm, I'll take the Eagles here. Yeah. I'll take I'll take Smith and Rager. Um, yeah, it's funny because I have Rager, you know, not other- Goddard. Yeah, um, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns here, right? Okay. Um, I was I was really high on Rager last year. Um, it was a big miss, um, but you know I think I think he showed a little bit for me to kind of hold on, hold on for hope. Um, and you know I, I do like Dallas Goddard quite a bit. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm kind of shooting for upside at this point, right? I'm just going for the home runs. Um, and if, if Smith and Rager um, can put it together, together, um, this could be a really fun, fun pairing. Um, you know, Smith obviously Heisman winner. Um, you know, weighs like 100 pounds. It apparently doesn't matter at the NFL. We'll see. We'll see what really happens. Um, and, and Rager, you know. Fast, shifty, but I mean, kind of just sucked last year. Other than a few splash plays, but we'll see. Uh, again, I'm, I'm going for just full upside at this point, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Smith and Rager. Yeah, Rager's an interesting, uh, interesting case here because I'm with you. I was super high on Rager pre-draft last year, certainly in my top five, I think top four. Um, I had him right there with Justin Jefferson and didn't really fault the Eagles for drafting Rager over Jefferson, which turned out to be a mistake. But, um, but that's where I was with Rager. I thought he was going to be a good player. Of course, we also thought Philadelphia was going to be good and that they weren't going to lose their entire offensive line and every other skill position on the field. You know, 
we thought Rager was going to get to play with Ertz and Goddard and, you know, and kind of, you know, be a, a third or fourth option in his first year. And then he was like the only guy out there with any skill whatsoever on the field. So not, not exactly a perfect situation with Devonte Smith coming in. I think Rager, uh, you know, Rager opens himself up to be a, a, a one B, which I think he is. I don't think he's a one a certainly not in the NFL, maybe at TCU, but not in the NFL. So I think that's right. Um, you know, even Justin Jefferson did have the sort of the luxury of being the one B, right? I mean, there was Adam Thielen who is a target, you know, monster and, Dalvin Cook commanding, you know, a lot of attention. So, I, you know, there, I think there were some things that happened for Rager that were unfortunate. I'll play a quick little game with you just with Rager. You know, who would you rather have in Dynasty? I know I've got your rankings, uh, in, in, you know, in front of me, but just off the cuff, I'll pick some guys that are close for me um, and see if, you know, how you feel about it. Um, Jalen Rager or Paris Campbell? Ooh. Um, I want Rager. I'll take Rager over Campbell. You have you have Rager a couple spots ahead. Rager or Brian Edwards? Uh, I'll still stay with Rager there. You're gonna um, have to adjust your rankings, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah, no, no, it, it, yeah. they're really close. So, uh, Rager or Mike Williams in Dynasty? Hmm. Right. That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I, I think I like. I think I like Mike Williams. Rager or Darnell Mooney? Mooney. Yeah. Rager, Gabriel Davis. Davis. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's like, you know, it, it's like you can't really take a good player ahead of him. It's like you just start, you know, Rager or Marquise Brown. Brown, but yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm through. <laughs> I, so like, it's hard because that's, you know, that puts Rager, you know, in the wide receiver 50 to 60 range. And that's not necessarily, I mean, I'm not criticizing you or me. It's just, it's not being high on him. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I think being high on him means that we're taking him comfortably ahead of a few of those guys. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's just interesting because I'm with you. It's like, you know, it's, it's not looking good, but I think we should maybe think about considering him a little bit higher than that just because of upside. And I think he's going to be playing in two wide receiver sets, right? I mean, it's Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager. Um, at the very least, he's going to be playing in the slot with, in three wide receiver sets. Maybe Travis Fulgham or I think, it, you know, there's word. I think it's Travis Fulgham on the outside along with I, who knows. But, you know, whether it's Greg Ward or, you know, who knows, right? But it's pretty much Devontae Smith, then Rager, I think, one, two, and and Goddard as that other that other you know target, but I think you know Rager's going to be given a chance this year. And if you believed in him last year, maybe you can believe in him again this year. So, uh, in any event, I'm going to take the other NFC East team, and I'm going to take Kenny Galladay. And I don't know who to take with him. It's between Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, and I don't know Shepard's not special. Ingram has not been very special either. I guess I'll. T- I guess I'll take Ingram. I deleted Shepard and put Ingram. I don't know. It's close. I think maybe Ingram's a better tight end than Shepard is a wide receiver. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Fair. I mean, they're, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's not even true. It's fucking close. So um, it, we're, it is pick twenty-eight. So Galladay, I think, is is 
pretty elite as an outside, you know, deep threat for sure. But there's just not a lot there other than Saquon to sort of, you know, maybe I should have taken Kadarius Tony with him. That's what I should have done. Galladay and Cadaver to Tony. <laughs> just, I mean, people are yelling into their pods right now if they're loyal listeners like, fucking take Tony. So, all right, Galladay and Kadarius Tony Ingram. Uh, at pick 28 <laughs> let's move on we, don't, we just need to get through these because these are fun we got to see where who's who's the fucking worst who do you have next at 29 there's only a couple a uh, couple picks left and it's embarrassing yeah um i'm gonna go with and you just talked about paris campbell so i'm yeah. gonna go with paris campbell and michael Pittman jr okay that's nah, again i'm just kind of swinging for the fences here um you know i, I was Super excited about Paris Campbell a couple of years ago. Obviously, just can't stay on the field. Hopefully, he can this year. Um, Pittman, you know, it's it's funny. I actually, you know, he's in one of my dynasty leagues um, as a co-owner um, with his uncle. And, um, you know, I think he's a decent receiver. I think he may be able to put together a solid NFL career. Um I'm not I'm not very high on him though to be honest. Um no disrespect to Pittman. But <laughs> just just not just does, no, doesn't get me doesn't get me going, right? It's he's like, actually going to be I think he's solid. Right? Yeah. He's just, gonna yeah. be solid. I don't think he has much ceiling, right? It's just yeah. like he's going to be fine. No, I don't think yeah, he's, he's going to yeah. flame out of the league. He's just you know, I mean he he has aspirations of being Mike Williams. Yeah, exactly. Right, um, like if he could yeah. be Mike Williams, he'd be like, "That's great." Great, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, <laughs> Paris, you know, we'll see what happens. And again, you know, Paris, I'm going for the upside. Pittman is just maybe just a nice, just nice player, <laughs> nice guy, nice player, <laughs> cool. Um, you know, moving on. <laughs> I had I had this this duo one spot ahead of uh, Paris Campbell, and it's the first ever two tight end set coming at you from new England Patriots, Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith. Give me the two, give me Gronk and Aaron Hernandez too soon. Give it to me. I want it. I want these two boys. Let's go. Patriots Super Bowl 2022. See you there. Book it. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I had him right there. Um, yeah, yeah, I actually right had the same pick. Right there at 30. Yeah, just locked in at the just barely not the fucking seller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, this is-, <laughs> this, is, this is the worst right now. Just so the people at home playing along know, we have Houston and Detroit left. So Chalk gets the ignominious fucking uh, selection to choose between whatever the fuck either of these teams have going on. I mean – the floor is yours, Mr. Chalk. You know what? I'm just going to go with, you know, out of whatever players we have left on the board, <laughs> I'm just going to go with the pairing that has probably, at least in my eyes, the most talented player. So I'm going to go with Detroit. I'm going to yeah. go with Hawkinson. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, just out of who's left, like, you know, he's probably the best player. The best um, here is who you're going to pair him with, too. This is great. I, I When I was putting this list together, I was like, okay, Hawkinson and Okay, let's see here. You know, it's fucking yeah. great. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, can, I do, can I take uh, DeAndre Swift here? No. <laughs> no. Uh, that was the whole point. Like, because yeah. honestly, they would have been much higher. Like, they had to moved up yeah. a little bit. Like, because yeah. DeAndre Swift's a great passing game, you know, uh, player. But no. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't like, 
I definitely don't like Tyrell Williams. That's so the guy just, I have. That's who I really? wrote. Yeah, because I mean, what the fuck? Who else? You're going to take Brashad Perriman or I guess, oh, okay. So you're just going to close your eyes and hope Amon Ross St. Brown, the fourth round pick is really good. I don't know. Like, What about, what about you know, this is funny because I actually wrote down Hawkinson and Perriman. Oh, that's what, yes. that's what I wrote down. Yes. But then as I started just talking, I was like, oh, yeah, there's Quintez Cephas. Who- <laughs> 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 oh shit yeah like quintez cephas yeah like you can I don't get- you oh this is the best fucking thing ever you just can't even decide which shit bag you want to put with tj hawkins yeah so i'll just pick the no-name shit bag who <laughs> doesn't even matter at this point it's like you know like hey at least you went for like the highest upside guy that we don't cephas. know about yet quintez um, cephas made this list that is unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, shit well i'm obviously taking jordan akins and uh what's the no i'm joking it, it does come down to nico collins and brandon cooks which actually doesn't even sound that bad after you were fucking quintez cephasing <laughs> around this is great oh my god wow there you have it folks all 32 teams ranked my goodness that was something <laughs> that was, even, the, the last like 10 picks was kind of getting brutal it's definitely really, the last hard five so, yeah. really hard to do really hard to do i'm sure the listeners loved it um you know here i am in the studio just sweating it out waiting hoping you didn't take nico collins and uh and and uh brandon cook so that i could fucking steal him at pick 32 yeah, I know. I think that might have been the the draft winner right there. Absolutely, yeah, we were tied up until that pick, and I think he took it because I somehow blew my draft with uh, Quintez at, here at the end, <laughs> choked it away. Cephas, just fucking lock it up. Championship, TJ Hushmazuli and Quintez Cephas. He's the new Qu- TJ Hushmazada. Quintez Cephas is. He's he's gonna come on strong this year. You know it's true. Yeah, you know what's funny is um, when we were doing those mock drafts um, when, when Cephas was coming to the league, we did like an early mock, and I think I think you were in it. You know, I think we even did it with maybe um, you know some of the, the the guys at the other brands, some of our friends, and I, I took Cephas, and someone's like, "Is that an STD? Like, who is that?" Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody knew. I mean, and still, he, he you know we'll see. I mean, he actually showed pretty well last year. I think he's got a little bit of. I mean, somebody's got to emerge there. Whether I mean, you know, we just joked about the shit bags there, but like one of those shit bags is probably going to get eighty targets, right? Like, you know, I don't know, man. It's it's ugly there. I did my projections for them, and I think I screenshotted it and sent it to you guys. And like, I had Jared Goff at like twenty eight hundred passing yards, and you guys were like. <laughs> What the fuck is that? I'm like, I don't know. It's just what I like. That's what <laughs> this is. What I got. This is what I got. Like, it's not going to be good. And and a lot of it is just you know, like the only saving grace is that offensive line is going to really be able to move people around a bit. So, but I still think that only helps the running game. I don't. I don't think they're going to be. I mean, look, Jared Goff is not good, right? Like, he's not awful, but I think without weapons, without you know that that creative coaching staff, without all the things he was afforded in in LA, he may be awful, right? I mean, it, it could be very, very bad there, and it could get very ugly. Um, the, like I said, the only saving grace is that offensive line, like literally, because the defense is, you know, certainly bottom ten. I mean, I, you know, maybe they're going to be even worse than that, but they're not a good defense. And the, I mean, the offensive line is all they've got. Like it's going to be, they're going to, you know, rag now and 
And, uh, you know, the rookie is going to, it's just going to be great. But so I don't know, it's just very confusing as to how that team's going to move the football in the passing game. Yeah, no, definitely. It's not a, not an exciting offense to, um, you know, look forward to. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of looking back at my last few picks, I think it really fell apart for me when I, um, took the Eagles receivers. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. I don't know what the hell you're doing taking Jalen Rager. You got to take Dallas Goddard there. But but that's the other thing, too, is like, you know, when we look at those, the depth, I mean, if you were picking three, you know, passing game, you know, uh, targets, you know, a lot of these teams would change. I mean, we, you know, we would look at Dallas as maybe number one with Michael Gallup or whatever, you know, teams would certainly move around a bit. Obviously, if you're picking one, it changes again. But, you know, I think looking at two is is kind of a fun, fun exercise. And I had a lot of fun with it. Hopefully the people loved it. That's the fucking show, man. We're not going to we're not going to give you much more than that. That was that was brutal. The, the end of it just absolutely killed us both. We're going to go cry in our, our pillows and, and go to bed here. But, um, you know, you want to you want to say anything to the people before we get out of here? No, man. Um, you know, as always, just a, a great time hanging out, chopping, chopping it up with you. Um, super excited for what the Undroppables team has in store. Um, shout out to Rhinos, yes. uh, one of our new additions, and and also shout out to Ashley. Yes. Um, you know, one of our, our new rising stars of the team. Uh, big things coming. You know, we got you know, a lot of a lot of fun things that we're working on behind the scenes. You know, uh, Scott over here with with the Undrafted podcast. You know, holding down. Um, you know, for all the podcast li- podcast listeners and. Yeah, I mean, check us out, undroppables.com. Um, and yeah, make sure you, you know, continue to support the undrafted. Um, this is our this is our baby. So, you know, make sure to continue to support it. Yeah, thanks, man. And and you know, we 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 are seeing some very good listenership numbers uh of the pod, although I think a lot of them have shut it off by now. But for those still listening to this, no, I'm just joking a little bit, but uh for those listening, like seriously, thank you, Chalk, for saying that. I I agree. I, you know. I think sometimes, you know, on this pod, I, I try not to sell a bunch of shit. I'm not trying to sell anything right now, but I am trying to let the people know what the Undroppables is. It's a platform. You know, we're looking for people to share what they've got. Like, if you think you've got something, you're a data analyst, you're a, you're a writer, you're, you know, a, a TikToker, a video, you know, person, you know, you make videos, you, you, uh, you think you can do a podcast. Like, if you think you've got something that you can bring to the table, hit us up. Because we want to create a platform for the quote unquote little guys. You know, we we sort of started grassroots and, you know, um, you know, we've got some kind of big names on the team for sure. But, you know, for the most part, that's what this is all about is about giving a voice to those who who have one and are worth listening to, whether it be writing uh, or contributing it in any way. So don't hesitate to hit us up myself or Chalk um, on Twitter. Uh, we're, we're there We're we're, you know, my DMS are unfortunately kind of open. I don't know why the hell I did that. I think I should close them back off there. It's a lot of nonsense in there, but I, I actually, I'm, I'm entertained by it, but like, hit me up. If you think you've got something like, like, like shout us out We're we're, we're looking to give people a platform. And I think that's kind of the vision. And I don't know if everybody quite understands that that's what we're doing. So, um, you know, ho- hopefully I said that right, Chuck. Yeah, no, that's exactly um, what what we're about. That's why that's why we we do what we do. Um, provide a platform for for others. So yeah, like like Jack said, um, you know, hit us up, and you know, we're we're excited to hear from you and, and work together. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, 
you know, Ashley is very impressive, man. She's, she's awesome. Um, you know, not a, not a ton of followers on Twitter, but she's, uh, she's doing a a great, uh, every, uh, Wednesday show on clubhouse. I think it's, uh, 8 PM. Uh, I don't have the the name of it in front of me, but I'll, I'll tweet it out. I'm always tweeting it out, but on clubhouse, um, you know, 8 PM Wednesday, it's a great show. Uh, she just had Scott fish on this last week and she just did a great job. She's just a, a superstar. We're glad to have her on the team. And, and eventually here in the coming weeks, I'll have her on the show and let her say what's up to y'all and, and go from there. Rhino's, uh, you know, Ryan Loesch, who's, uh, you know, a real, uh, you know, staple on Twitter people, everybody knows him. He's a great guy, really a connector of people and, and, a and a, you know, a positive light out there just absolutely is a, you know, he's always saying positive things about everybody else in the, you know, in the space in fantasy football, always finding positivity in everybody. And so we're really, really excited to have him on the team for that reason, because he's a bridge builder and, and he's going to help us reach out to the people who do want a platform, need a platform and deserve a platform. So that's what he's here to do and help us help us do. So a lot of fun. Thank you. So uh, on behalf of everybody at the undrafted on behalf of everybody at the undroppables on behalf of my esteemed Philadelphia Eagle fan producer, Michael Duncan on behalf of the, the, the Godfather here, one-on-one chalk, Nicholas, you, I am Scott Belanger. We out. <laughs>